welcome back to the Miles Driven with me, Miles. Head of future proofing. No. Head of future proofing. Yep. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> proofing are you, proofing you, for the future. I was going to say you're removing wheels off cars and making them sort of. Float I'm just or... here just to be in charge of any future proofing that's needed. Fe- oh, I've got loads of future proofing. Yeah, so have do. I. Because apparently this studio is falling to pieces. <laughs> Sam has uh, attempted to break almost everything in the studio after having attempted to break several bits of our camera equipment. <laughs> well, actually, sorry, that's unfair. You didn't attempt to break the camera <laughs> equipment. You did break it. Once a long time ago. <laughs> yes. So he's not trusted with any camera equipment. And then today he's walked in and said his microphone's not working. Well, it wasn't. But by the fact you can all hear him, I assume. Just, uh, problem all solved. is well. So... This is a continuation off the back of the last podcast where Sam left you all hanging in suspense. Well, actually, we gave everyone some homework to do, so I hope they've done it. Oh, yeah, that's very true, actually. I did my homework. I have it in front of me, <clears throat> ready to go. Good. Do you want Do you want to sort of set the scene just in case someone's missed yeah, the so last we, podcast? We said we were no budget. Yep. And we were sort of we were sort of ignoring running costs and stuff, weren't we? Um, if unlimited budget, yeah, you can buy one car for an indefinite period of time. What car are you buying? I think, but it has to, to be driven. It has to be your car. It's your yeah. only mode of transport. I think you said you had to pay the. Oh, you had to pay the fuel. I think we said, didn't we? You we... had to pay something to it. You had to have a bit of skin in the game. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone. Well, we. It'd just be easy. You just yeah. No, you. you the day, you've and... got. You've got to do. I think it was more insurance and servicing that we weren't. Yeah. Just to keep it realistic. Yeah, so but that, we're yeah. saying if you could afford the the insurance and the running costs and stuff. But we said you've got to fill it up. So if That's you're listening... That's got to be a consideration. And you've just tuned into this podcast and missed the last one, or this is the first podcast from us you've ever listened to. Then why you, why have you started here? Yeah, go back to episode <laughs> one. <laughs> um, you See you in a couple of months. <laughs> ...of a vehicle that you've got to be, have some skin in the game, so you've got to pay to either fuel it or insure it or anything else. Yeah. But well, it's good. You, one car. It'd be like like you do with your current car, whatever it is that you own. Yeah, but you get to have this car. But yeah, you don't have to buy it. No, but it's forever. You yeah, and manufacturers have introduced a new thing where they do all the servicing. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Is yeah. what we said because then if somebody did want to be sort of different and say I want to buy an Aventador, you don't yeah. have to pay to have it serviced every. But once you minutes. bought it, you bought it. That's it. You're, you know, you, if you're twenty and you're listening to this, you're going to be driving this car when you're eighty. If you're 40 and you've got yeah, kids and we were you need sort a family... Of, we you... were 50-50 on it, weren't we? We, we? we didn't say it was definitely the only car you'll ever be able to drive. Okay. And but, not it, but your car for to the, own. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, right, this foreseeable. is this is your car. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, if you're listening to this yeah, and you've got all, a family... If we all live work. on Mars, yeah, well, then <laughs> you might not want to take your Euros with you. <laughs> it's got to work in today in your today's circumstance, but you've also got to have one you've eye got, yeah, on you've the future. You've got to think, yeah, of, yeah. Because, as I say, some people might be single now thinking about having a family in the future some people might have a family today some people might live in california and be on their way to emigrate to norway yeah exactly in, in which yeah. case that sort of mx5 might not look so great <laughs> yeah. or miata i suppose if you're listening in california anyway you want to go first since you're the guest this week oh, since i'm the guest i picked i wonder if you picked the same as i did i don't, I don't think, think you would have. I, I don't think it is do you want to have it do you, have you got any sort of idea what i would have picked uh no i actually don't because you're because you're not very practical. No, so you won't necessarily think about family in the future. <laughs> but I there is well okay. I went with uh, a Land Rover Defender supercharged. I went with a Land Rover Defender P four hundred. No way! No way! <laughs> I'll show you Let my me pad. See your paper. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Right. Now <laughs> what we, a dull podcast. Now we just sound like we're <laughs> shilling for Land Rover. Okay, well, I had a second choice because in case that happened. <laughs> or no, because I We think... picked different ones, though, to be fair. We did. Oddly, yeah, I picked the supercharged one and yeah. you picked the, sen- well, the more sensible one, which actually... Yeah, because I did some reading about it. Yeah, to be fair, um, you probably picked the one pick. But it, okay, what was your? Because you that was was that your first one or that was your second one? That was my. Because you wrote one down last week. Yeah, that's the one I wrote down. What did you write down in your homework section? A Porsche nine eleven. Okay. <laughs> because if you had a, if I had a Porsche nine eleven, let's say um, not a GT three, not the GTs, because they haven't got the back seat. Yeah, yeah. So something along the lines of. Uh, Carrera S with a manual gearbox with some nice specification or yeah. a turbo or something like that. But let's say a Carrera S with a manual gearbox. Mm-hmm. Then uh, when you when I've got a family, then I could there are back seats. Not that you can put a, a child seat in. Uh, I think you can. You sure? Ooh. You reckon you could fit a child Ooh, seat in? That's a back? really good question. If I you... assume it's got an Isofix seatbelt. If you're listening with a Porsche 911, you can tell us. Because I know... I know you get one in the front, I think. Yeah, but you can't put it in the front unless you can disable the airbag. Yeah, but it's just a little um, key on the side. Yeah. So you can just disable it there and then. But if I'm assuming the back would have an Isofix seatbelt. I just, I don't know if there's enough space. That would be my concern, is the space. But I mean, my wife's got a car. She could drive them around until the point where they can sit. What was it, like six years old? Seven? Mm, Five? I think five. Four four or five. It's done off height, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so my kids would be fine. By the time they're two, they'd be tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could sit in the back. So that Very would true. be my... It's just weird that we both... Why did you pick a Defender? Do you know what? I don't know, because there are many other cars that I could have picked. I was There's just... loads of cars, of cars I could have picked. Yeah. I mean, I, my obvious pick would have been a Range Rover, but I, yeah. I liked the boxiness of the... Yeah, and I think that was it. I like the fact that if the new Defender does what the old Defender does, I've still got a current car yeah. in 30 years' time. <laughs> my, I was between that and like a VW Touareg. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like an R-Line Touareg. But, yeah, the, the Land Rover just had more appeal, which is mental when you think about my opinions on it when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. Like that is the ugliest car I've ever seen in my life. Hated it with a true yeah, passion. Yeah, a true yeah. burning passion. <laughs> no, it's an odd one for me because... When but I, I did go about... for the better engine. You went for the faster oh. one, but I was reading some reviews and the generic, uh, the, sorry, the general consensus was there's too much power in this. You in don't supercharge. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not necessary. No, it's not. That's why I wanted it. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking of something that would be reasonable. Oh, I mean, yours, you'll be able to drive. You could almost make your daily commute on electricity in that thing. Yeah. Okay. And you could go into London and drive around on electricity, which I all of that I can't do in my supercharged one. Is that a hybrid? The P four hundred. Oh, is it oh, okay. P four uh, well, hundred E. Ah, I didn't write E. Oh, did I you just, just write P four hundred. So you went for the three liter V six. Yeah. Okay. It's still a, but I, I could mean, have it's a the mild e. hybrid. But... The, the problem I had was the plug in bit. I'm personally my own personal opinion, not the Miles Driven's opinion, is that <laughs> <laughs> I don't like plug in hybrids. You like I like it? the self-charging hybrids. Yeah, okay. So, you know, like your Toyota Corollas, things like that. Uh, yeah, and the old Prius, which yeah. obviously now isn't, isn't yeah. around because they... Stuff that the you could... Um, and oh, sorry, sorry, the in Kia, the world market. The Kia Sorento. Yeah, they do a, a The new hybrid. one is a, uh, the a Kia, hybrid. The Kia Nero, they do a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, and a fully electric one. Well, that I 
agree with that as a way forwards. Just to give everyone all yeah. options. My yeah. personal opinion is the full electric. I would never. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do a plug-in either. I. Uh, but I would like to have the option of the electric. The, yeah. the, the self-charging hybrid for me is the one to go for. So I don't think any of the Land Rover products at the moment. Um, in fact, I'm fairly sure on this. I'm just I'm just going through their range in my head because they have mild hybrids, which is what you've picked. Yeah. I thought you'd pick the plug-in hybrid, but you've picked the mild hybrid three yeah. litre mm-hmm. rather than the two litre four cylinder with a ba- with a big battery and a plug-in. Yeah, no, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> uh, but they I'm, I'm trying to think through the rest of their range because they did the old L405 Range Rover I think it was 2015 to 2016 funny enough the Queen actually had one they gave oh, her okay. it and she had it for a year or two because it was a big thing at the time they were like we've done a hybrid and it was the 3 litre diesel with a self char- a self charging hybrid so it could do some of its miles yeah. just on fully electric the rest um, of my reasoning was... Sorry, I just wanted to say quickly. Okay. I don't think any other part of the Land Rover um, today, their, right, their current okay. range, is hybrid as what you're talking about. I think the only thing they have yes. is plug-ins. Yeah, so, that's fair. They have mild hybrids. Yeah. So I was thinking I could drive it. The wife could drive it. This was I was sort of operating on we don't have another car, just for the aspect, yeah. just for the concept of this. You can fit the kids in it. There's the option to have key seats in the boot, I believe, isn't there? So you can have a... So you, the new Defender is available as a 90, yes. a 110, yeah. and a 130. Yeah, so I'd have the 110, which is the four-door, isn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, well, you could have the 130, which has got the huge boot. Yeah, and no, I don't want... I, that's a bit, yeah, you, bit could, you, could, you could opt seven seats yeah. if you wanted to. You've got the big boot, so you can put everything you possibly need in there. You have the off-road capabilities if you needed it. Now, I'm not someone that goes driving over fields constantly. Well, I just went to the shops for you. You drove across... You can, in well, the Astra. <laughs> um but like for for example the odd days when like the recent cold snap we've had and when it snowed and stuff you've not mm. really got any worries there sort of go anywhere vehicle if you want to go camping or anything like that is it and bit, it's just generally nice it's probably a bit big is it a bit damning that two people who do a car show a car podcast and our miles driven website have picked a four by four yeah rather than like a I mean, I know I've yeah. put the Porsche 911 as well. Or like an option. estate or anything else that's not... Yeah, I mean, not... like, you know, an RS6, a BMW yeah. M5, the new M3 <laughs> estate. Yeah, but um, they, are they practical to have as family cars? New M3 estate? Some people would say, yes, they are. I mean, okay, if we look at it this way... Also, sorry, just quickly to finish on that. Yeah. The reason I wouldn't didn't have the smaller stuff is that... Well, we haven't actually announced it on the podcast yet. My wife is expecting, and it's due August. Yeah, send but... your congratulations on Facebook. <laughs> Don't send to Instagram because you'll be sending them to me. <laughs> but the reason she wants to get rid of her car and get the dreaded crossover vehicle mm. is because she knows that she's already got a bad back and lugging the, the child seat in and out of something as low as the Mazda, she wants something higher. So, so that's why I wouldn't go with, say, the, the M3 estate and stuff, and I went with the Defender. But see, having spoken to Catherine, I'm fairly sure she only wants an Aston Martin DBX. Even she doesn't want I a DBX. Have, even though I have she no does want in the company a anymore. DB11. <laughs> yes. But she said she would settle. I'm not sure she would. I don't, I don't know. I've not showed her a picture. I don't know whether she'd actually like it. She I don't think she'd it like down. it. I think she would. If it was between that and a Nissan Qashqai, she'd, like, she'd probably go. She, I genuinely think she'd probably go with a Qashqai. <laughs> this is the cariest car podcast <laughs> there is, everyone. Um, I think that the thing I liked about the, the Defender is if. Like you say, it's practical. Yeah. 
But, but it can do everything. If you had a supercharged one, and I don't, actually, I, th- I think the V6 is a good choice. Yeah. And I actually think the plug-in's a good choice as well. But if you had the supercharged one, you can go and, you know, and do your throttling around. Yeah, yeah. You are on stage. Oh, definitely, yeah. So not as much fun as a... I mean, I suppose the, the pick of... Uh, if the M3 didn't look like the M3, mm-hmm. they just released the first ever M3 estate. Yeah. Uh, officially produced, you know, by them, not sort of a skunk works or anything yeah, like yeah. that. That would be like one of those catch-all cars. Performance, lots of space, etc., etc. The Audi RS6 kind of does that, although the RS6 has got such a large footprint that yeah. you're, although you're not high, you're so large on the road that, you know. Well, you're talking the same sort of size as your Range Rover width-wise, aren't you? I think it's actually wider. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure my, my L322 is wider. And the problem we just had parking that up half an hour ago was... Yeah, I, I can't imagine parking an RS6 where I've well, parked the, the Range you're, Rover. You're touching the kerb in the bay that you're parked in. You're yeah. touching the kerb and you're right on the limit of being on, in the on road. On the other kerb, yeah. Um, or not on the kerb, but they put a kerb stone between the road yeah, and the, 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 space, the road, designated yeah. space. And I'm on, I'm touching you're on both. Yeah. If I had an RS6, yeah, I'd be over the line. This um, is my problem with the video you did um, while you were in Sweden. With the Ram. Oh, the Dodge Ram. Uh, not Dodge Ram. Not the Ram. I'm so used to saying yeah, Dodge see, Ram. I got it right. You did. Yes, Ram. 50, it's a Ram 1500. The issue that. I have is I agree with you. They are lovely. I'd yeah. I like them, and I'd I'd like to own one. But they they are not practical for here. You go to Tesco's in that, or whatever supermarket. You park near the, the um, charity. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You have to. You yeah, have you to park have at the back, to. and you have to take up more than one space. Uh, yes. It's too long to fit in a normal space. If the test, if the if the supermarket car park was full and there was only a space near the front, you are not parking there without sticking out into the road. I tell you, the, the challenge would be though the new Ranger and the new Amarok, which are obviously the mm-hmm. same chassis underneath. They're not a lot like so the old pickup trucks, or the, I don't want to say old, the the smaller pickup truck sizes, the one that you would have used for yeah, work yeah, many yeah. times, your Hilux size, um, Navara size, the original Navara, uh, the, the original D-Max, Ranger, the D-Max. original Ranger, yeah. The they, king, the king of all pickup trucks, the D Max. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sam saw a D Max earlier. He was very excited. Yeah, um, I think we should do a podcast on the D Max. Just, just, just. A we should do a YouTube one. video on the D Max. Oh, yeah, no, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but they, they are a step down in size from an F one fifty, from an, a Ram fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. from a Silverado. But the newer ones are approaching the the foot for like the bumper to bumper. Yeah, size. that's what I mean. They're too big. So I just think that if we're getting those, I think I said in the video that because we're getting those in Europe, like Europe's getting such large vehicles now, and I agree, it's difficult, especially it worked in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. Because Stockholm does have a bit lower population, the the roads are a bit wider and a bit better equipped for it. But if you lived in Paris, yeah. where a Citroen C2 fits in everything, yeah, nothing and not else. Allowed, yeah. Yeah. And people were going to ram you to park. Yeah. Probably not. Um, the UK is like a mix. I think if you lived in like the northwest of the country, yeah, probably be fine. But would you though? Because well, if you the lived road up in the Lake District. Yeah, but the roads are small. You got you get a but car you coming across that much traffic. Mm, I beg to differ. Well, on the A roads, you're going to be fine because yeah. it's no wider than the lorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the A roads are going to be fine. Like, it could go anywhere that a lorry could go. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It limits you. It, but yeah, well, yeah, in the UK. Yeah, you, you've got to... Because otherwise, that would have been on my selection list for this topic that we're talking about. Yeah, see, I think I'd... There is... I've seen them around where I live. 
there's a few F-150s and a few Rams. And because where I live, there's a lot of dual carriageways. Yeah. People can get about. The problem is then when you try and get into the car park. Yeah, well, you try and go in a multi-story car park. So, I'll tell you what, it's a very... People will know what we're talking about. There's the old sort of... Sorry, this is very English heavy here. But if we're talking the old multi-story car park, like the one that we went to in my car just before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's You're not getting an RS6 car. up the ramps there. No, I mean... Because they're I too think, narrow. I would have been on the limits in my car. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have been on the limits. And you'd have been very wary of taking your wife's car. Because yes, you, because I wouldn't you want look to catch a curb yeah. on, the, on the wheels, yeah. I mean, and we were, we were close in mine. Hatchback. Yeah, you know, well, it's the same like, as mine, really. It's just uh, a slightly yes, maybe sli- longer. Maybe, yeah, slightly longer, maybe like half an inch wider or something. Like yeah, barely but the turning circle's probably better, right? <laughs> probably, probably a bit better. This is what I mean, but it's all very well and good saying, oh, we're getting these bigger cars, they're much safer. But nothing, Everybody's driving yeah. bigger cars. Yeah, yeah. Because I think if there was a crazy stat, like something stupid percentage is SUVs. Now, I, I'm tempted to say 50% of cars on the road, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I think I don't like the classification currently of SUV because an SUV is anything like an, um, an iGo X is not an SUV. No, surely that's it, not counted as one. It, because it's lifted. Oh, really? Uh, like, depends on who's classifying. Yeah, because you got cro- in my head, you've got crossovers, which yeah. is like your T Rock. So and a lot stuff of people like now sort of, I, I know, like in British motoring journalism they don't really approach the word crossover that much they just do oh, okay. car and suv right because okay. so many that skews a... that headline then doesn't yeah because the problem was i suppose like the ford galaxy yeah that was a that was your classic people carrier yeah that's it not was... an suv is it no it's, <laughs> it wasn't you know and, and ford weren't trying to sell it as an suv no the people buying it weren't trying to buy an suv <laughs> now then Things have changed, and they've tried to make what would become something like a, a seven-seater look more like a, an SUV mm-hmm. or a four-by-four. It doesn't have any capabilities, but it kind of looks like it, so it get maybe a little bit lazily called an SUV. So I don't right, like okay. the way they do the statistics, but I think you're still correct. A lot of people so are buying them are. Yeah, yeah. either crossover or traditional four-by-four SUV. And I'm well aware with what we're talking about buying for my wife before she gives birth is the car that we've you and i have always said well that's the car that you shouldn't buy and it's pointless it's just a bit it's just a golf on stilts mm, and, yeah, yeah. or it won't be a golf obviously it's a it's a cash car we're looking at for her but i hate saying the word i'm trying to think what that would be on stilts um, um, i'm trying to think what its chassis shares with but you know what i mean it's they do have their practical uses when you get to that stage of life i guess yeah i mean it, it all depends on uh, what people are demanding, yeah. And for example, I know you said, "Well, what? Maybe shouldn't you upgrade your car and keep the Mazda?" Mm. But the problem is with the Mazda, you are not getting a pram in the boot. Once you collapse the pram down, mm. unless you've got a buggy, I'm talking yeah. a pram. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not getting a pram in that boot. I was thinking at of all when I used to sell Mazdas, you could get a buggy in. Because yeah. I've done that. Oh yeah, you get a buggy in, but you're not pram, getting a not you're sure. not getting a pram in. And obviously, when they're first born, you can have a pram as opposed to a buggy. Buggies yeah. are more for like toddlers, aren't they? I suppose. But then, what do you do then? It's... Well, then I suppose this is where the estate car traditionally has yes. filled the role. Yeah. The, the sort of whole thing of the the station wagon and uh, was it the soccer mom? Yeah. In America, or like, even a saloon might world, might work. Know. Yeah, I mean the, the idea of size boot. Volvo's kind of built their reputation on selling uh, estate cars to 
um, I don't want to say they built their reputation on selling estate cars to mums, but they became known. In yeah, but it's areas. a family car. Yes, for selling, you know, a, a typical family vehicle and it having all the space you need, plus enough to go on a road trip with yeah. all your family. And I, I suppose we've drifted away from it just because the options there to have something lifted slightly, and no matter how tall you are, it is easier to put something when it's at chest height. You know, when you're just mo- maneuvering something at the height that you're holding it, mm-hmm. it is easier. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of sacrificing. Oh, it is. You know, it's yeah. MPG, it's the yeah. tax you pay, it's the insurance you pay, it's getting it into car parking spaces, all those things, um, that, you know, how fast it goes, blah, blah. All those things get sacrificed for that one need. This is where I think the smaller SUVs, or what we would call potentially the crossovers, would come in. I would say the Qashqai and things like that are still not full SUVs. They're no, not. They, they're not. They, it's not a T Rock. No, they don't. Which is your traditional crossover? That's what I, I mean, use as the benchmark for a crossover is a T Rock. I suppose the size of a Qashqai would probably put it into the SUV uh, sphere because you. It wouldn't be as much of a crossover as something like a Yaris Cross. Yeah. When I look at that and someone says SUV, I'm like, That's really? Not. No, it's not. That you know, is just like a beefed up taller. Yaris. <laughs> yeah. It, and I mean, it really is just a couple of inches taller. Whereas the X-Trail is an SUV. Yes. The Qashqai is sort of, it's just below. It's a mid-crossover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or is that, would you just, or would the Yaris Cross be the mid-crossover? The Qashqai, I know we're jumping brands here. The cash car would be the crossover, and then the X Trail would be the SUV. Yeah, we actually need another bracket for certain cars. Um, just one quick thing I want to pick up to what you said earlier, Sam, about um self charging hybrids, mm-hmm. because I imagine most of the ones you're looking at will not be hybrids because of the they they've sort of only becoming mild hybrids now. Yeah, they're not a lot of these because they're trying to sell cars to people. Yeah, rather than you know. Just people that want yeah. to get them on a payment for seven hundred pounds a month, which is difficult to do with a battery because you know it does inflate yeah, price. Um, there was, was it, uh, Toyota's. The boss of Toyota came out and he said, for them to build a Prius, mm-hmm. they use so little rare earth materials because the battery was so small because it was just charging up. To be used, you know, I mean, like obviously taxis get the absolute most out of it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's not designed to always be fulfilling. It's fulfilling the gaps in the powertrain yeah. to maximise the fuel economy. And he gave a figure and it was something like 95 Priuses. That's how many he could build, or his factories could build, for every one Tesla. And I'm not picking on Tesla. That's the example he gave. Well, that, so it, that one Tesla. Be, yeah, that's what you'd say. 95 Priuses, which means 95 people can have a car. With the yeah. same amount of materials in it that have been mined out of the earth, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, for one electric car. It's interesting, isn't it? Oh, when it's you massively get that sort of, yeah. um... I mean, if I had, if we had an unlimited budget for ourselves now, well, not unlimited, if we had a reasonable budget to just go and buy a car, I would possibly, I would, I, what I would want is to go and buy a, C- a Mazda CX-60. Mm, yeah, yeah. I like them. I mean, Quite boxy. Yeah, but I think one of the nicer cars out there at the moment, if you want that sort of size, I think Mazda family, are one or Mumwagon, as they're referred to, yeah. if you like. I think Mazda are one of the few companies that are continuing to try and build. And I, look, I'm not shilling for Mazda. I used to work for them a long time ago, and you know, I'm not. I don't work for them anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think any of the current generation I sold. I don't think there's anything 
left. No. That you know, as in like the, the model names, are, a lot of them are still the same. But I don't think I've sold any of the generation that they sell today. But they're the, one of the few car companies left that are trying to sell a traditional car. Yes. As in, they are trying to say, look, here's a car, it drives, it's engaging to some extent, mm-hmm. it does this, this, and this. They're not trying to say, here's something that can do a load of autonomous things, and you can concentrate on the screen and blah yeah. blah, which seems to be more and more cars so i'd say master one of the few companies that and i think it's only because they they're a small company they they just can't yeah they don't have the resources of money the fact that toyota though also seem to be pushing a little bit towards that yeah. direction as well of saying actually do you know what building flying spaceships and all that sort of stuff is all well and good for concepts and shows and showing yeah. oh look what we could do if we had this million pounds to you know to charge for a vehicle but just selling a car to be a car mm. they really do do it quite well and i think mazda um with their suv range at least they they still go yes it's an suv but it needs to go around a track well how yeah. many people are going to track this car none but we have decided as a company <laughs> and also their design language is still yeah on point apart know? from the um the mazda yaris that they, yes, sell now, that they which, sell which is the, the new Mazda 2 the, hybrid yeah, the Mazda 2 hybrid which is definitely not a Toyota Yaris with the badges <laughs> uh, sorry it's, is it Yaris or is it an, uh, yeah, is it it's a Yaris, Yaris yeah. It? yeah definitely not a Yaris with the badges removed and our badges put on top. I saw I saw a funny thing on the internet the other day that said it's funny how in around 2017 Mazda and Hyundai just woke up one day and just went huh good looking cars we make those now because yeah. <laughs> yes. if you look at that yes. both of the company's old stuff you're like oh god that's not great and then you yeah. get to around 2017, it's like they just clicked their fingers and now they make brilliant car- looking cars. When I sold cars, uh, Hyundai and Kia was like, it wasn't that it was a joke. It was just, it was what, when someone wanted one, they were not interested in cars. Like they yeah, really they just wanted were a vehicle. Inter- they wanted yeah. a vehicle as cheap as possible. Mm-hmm. That was their requirements. A vehicle, cheap as possible. Yeah. You could say, well, does it have to have a radio? And they would just reiterate. A vehicle, a vehicle. <laughs> you know, lowest monthly rate possible. Yeah, they and and they that's what they built. I think some of the stuff they knocked out. And whenever I would, I would drive it, I would think this is when you've only like when you've only got so much development budget. This is what a car feels like mm-hmm. because you look at say a Ford Focus and you think that drives actually quite well for a car that is aimed at the masses. Like it, yeah. its handling is quite good and it it has something about it. Those old kids, they didn't no <laughs> no like they just they just felt like someone had gone right all the wheels move yeah they go left and right yeah goes backwards as well uh sometimes okay good <laughs> send it you whereas know. now i will i would die on the hill saying that i think hatchback wise i think they make the top two hatchbacks in terms of looks and interior uh, engines obviously is is the i30 is a corker i don't know why more people don't but i know they actually they sell incredibly well but i'm just surprised they don't sell even better and the, the mazda 3 and the mazda 3 mazda is, 3 for me is number one and the i30 is number two I, whenever i see a mazda 3 it reminds me that they're on the market and it confuses to me uh, so it confuses me as to why i'm only seeing like why i've only yeah, seen that you, one. i've got this one on my street and it's in that lovely sort of dark the darker red they do yeah yeah with black yeah. wheels and black trim and it's it just makes a red something yeah what it's called but with the black wheels black spoiler yeah yeah black mirrors lovely like i, I don't know exquisite just, if that had an audi badge on it i think they would 
they would have to build another factory to build them. Like, yeah. it's, it's bizarre to me that, you know, I'm not, and I'm not having a pop at Audi too much because I think there's a few German manufacturers or, um, yeah, particularly the Germans actually, because like, Volkswagen Group is sort of a whole um, thing that make good, solid looking cars. But then you put a Mazda next to them, the Mazda 3. Yeah, if you, you took think, the badges oh, off all sleek. of them, you know, that looks. You took the badges off all of them. And you put an A-Class, the brand new ones we're talking, an mm. A-Class, a 1 Series, an A3, a Mazda 3, an I-30. Are we missing anything else that's sort of relevant Well, the Ford Focus is still fit. Ford Focus, Vauxhall Astra, Seat, yeah, the new, Seat you know Leon. Um, I've seen the new Astra, like, you know, in the flesh, if you like. It, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's, it's not actually, bad. Yeah, it's it's a lot better than the... The generation many generations the, before the, between the one that you own, yeah, and this one, they they went off on some weird sort of bubble tangent, yeah. yeah. Whereas the new one, I know I, I quite like the new Astra, but then it's um, if you put all of those in a row, debadged, and ask someone to pick them, I don't think the German ones are necessarily even coming in the top three. Do you know what? If you put all of those cars together, I still can't think of one that looks better than the Mazda 3. It's Maybe... bra- I think there's a lot of brand snobbery. To like like deep setted traditional brand snobby or so a Mazda a Hyundai no I'm not yeah. one of those but then aren't people yeah I, I don't know it's and I understand where people are coming from I'm not I'm because, just thinking but, of people now sort of coming waking up and going do you know what I'm spending extra if they put, do it on payments extra X amount per month or if they bought it outright and yeah. I've paid an extra this just to have the Mercedes know, badge or the Audi badge yeah I mean I know they feel like German cars do feel very solid. But, yeah, but Cat, um, Cat's Mazda 2 does. Yeah, it does, actually. feels like a very it, solid yeah. car. It's a lovely car. I mean, it's got no oomph to it. but And the Mazda 3 feels really well put together. And it drives... You know oh, what? we drove one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they be, they feel bizarre to people now. People have got so used to the yeah, sort maybe. of cocooned feel. And I wouldn't say numb, but the, the, the sort of steering and input feel that you get off of a lot of newer cars where they've they're almost detaching the physical controls and the um, mechanical controls from the driver. Yeah. Whereas Mazda seem hell-bent on saying, well, you want that, because what about if you need to feel the road? Yeah. And people are scratching their heads, <laughs> well, feel the road. Well, yeah, well, say it was icy, or say you wanted to drive for fun. Fun. <laughs> but, you know, th- I think maybe that's what it is. People drive it and they think, oh, this feels old, because that's how cars used to all feel. Yeah. And then they're forgetting that the reason cars feel like that is because it's that's better. Like I, the one thing I like about my older Range Rover compared to the newer ones, mm-hmm. the newer ones are look from a luxury standpoint. I don't think the L three two two holds up too much of a candle to the L four hundred five from the luxury drive perspective. As it, yeah. it's got lot, it's got this. You know, there's a lot of spec crossover, but when you get in an L four hundred five and you drive it along, you can tell that they were trying to benchmark, which was luxury like top luxury yeah. cars we're talking they were going after bentley and, and roller to yeah. an extent mm-hmm. and, um i think we said in the l405 buyer's guide it was actually the rolls royce ghost i think that they benchmarked yeah the l405 again so that new the newer range rover and the newest one they are aimed at being luxury feel the newest one looks it i think yeah it especially does. at the back it does yeah. it's, it's completely different to a normal rate to any range rover before but no it does yeah. look very but special on the older ones, my has a feel about it. Like if mm-hmm. I drive it and I feel it. If I was, 
if I was starting to lose, you know, the back end or I was off-roading in it and I was starting to lose grip, of course, the car would step in and try and help me. And I'd, But I have to put it in the modes. Yes. And I have to be involved. The car will not figure it out for me and get me up the hill, if you like. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I, I think on, on the... I think it's part of having the interior and the controls as well. Yes, it is, yeah. Like new Range Rovers, I, I, I'm just guessing here because I actually don't know. But they're going to be very, they're sort of very matte black, like most car interiors now. Yeah. Very black, minimal dials, digital, yeah, big screen, and that's it. Whereas you get in yours and it is like sitting in someone's sitting room. It is, yeah. Like they, like they drew I out. expect a butler to pass me a, a, yes. a brandy or a whiskey of some sort. And it's funny, isn't it? Because that now feels like classy and luxurious like there's yeah. not a thing about it <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a an old smoking jacket it's yes like, oh i don't really want to buy an old smoking jacket but, but i like that one <laughs> but I, if i was to wear an old smoking jacket i would suddenly feel like lord of the manor yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an odd one that i don't know the thing with with mine it feels like they sort of said okay well we need to build something that is completely capable off-road oh while we're there we need to make it as luxurious as possible yes fulfilling that free yeah, and I feel with the other ones, even though they are more capable because they have, you know, the, the, the engineering and the software and the hardware that have gone into the newest stuff, you just can't beat progress. Sometimes. No, of course you can't. No. But <laughs> there is, I don't know, I, I think it's a bit like old cars where you can fix them yourself. You just kind of feel passionate about them. It's like even old phones up to the about four or five years ago, you'd fix them yourself. So you could learn about them. I mean, I've got, <laughs> the hand, the the um not the handbook the workshop manual for the L three two two on my computer. Oh okay. So that and it's three. Well, you'll and, need it. <laughs> it's three and a half thousand pages. Yeah, that's so not you a have surprise. to go through each section <laughs> and find the bit you want. But you know, it interests me if there is a little issue. And I think, oh, I wonder what that is. Let me let me have a quick look at the workshop manual and see if well, what's how does this system look in a diagram? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I can understand how it looks, and then you know try and um fault find it from there yeah. if it's something that isn't an electronic failure newer stuff i think it intimidates a lot of people yes and you really yeah, do I'd need code that. readers and everything else and then it's sort of taking it a little bit out of the hands of your diy garage yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. um sort of guy and uh, you know you think 40 years ago you used to just have you know bob or ted or whatever on the street and he fixed people's cars. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you sort of go to him and maybe you don't have the time, maybe you don't have the mechanical knowledge, whatever else. You say, oh, look, if I give you a set of, you know, load of beer and say yeah. 30 quid, could you do my brakes? And he would be the guy who would mm-hmm. go to it. I don't think they... I no, I think they're of... falling by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. Because I, when I look at YouTube videos for, you know, there's lots of how-to mm-hmm. YouTube videos. If you ever go on one that, say, a smaller creator who's just a, the Scottish guy I was watching do something on his Range Rover. I can't remember. He was just doing like a lower arm or something replacement, right. and he decided to film it. Most of the comments were, what area, you know, he was Scottish. You could mm-hmm. hear from the accent. And he, oh, what area are you in? And he was like, I'm in Dumfries, whatever. Oh, I'm only down the road. Would you be able to do my lower arms or ball joints or whatever? I'm thinking, you know, you've got garages near that you can do this. Yeah. But, now we've sort of fenced that out to trying to find someone, you know, who who's capable. Yeah, I like that. I think that's good. Oh yeah, I think it's great. I just wonder if he had an L four hundred five or the newer, the newest 
of Rangers. Well, yeah, he's not going to be doing it, I don't think, is he? So. Well, you have to program. The thing is, you could you, the you know, a tool is a tool, and a, a path is a path. It's all screwed and bolted. That's together. what your wife says. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all screwed and both bolted together. But if you have to tell a computer every time you've changed something and recalibrate it and tell yeah, it to recalibrate it's a bit itself, <laughs> well, it's just that those, you know, you're quite old school mechanical minded. Mm-hmm. If I said to you, "Yeah, Sam, you got to you can do your lawnmower uh, repair," and then you need to go and tell a computer you've done it program that computer <laughs> to understand that you've done it yeah. and then do a reset process i'd probably lose you in the second half you'd be like look i'm happy to go and get my toolbox out yeah and you know dismantle this this lawnmower and put new whatever it needs and you know bolt it all back together but if then someone said to you well then you've got to spend half an hour going through the computer menus you've got to pick the right one and if you pick the wrong one you'll brick the entire system and the thing won't work. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm going to go and give this to so-and-so. Yeah. yeah, who knows what they're doing and if they get it wrong, then they'll have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that the end of our podcast, Sam, or did we have anything else? I haven't got anything else, but then I've led this podcast, which is a very unusual feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, unusual... have you got anything else to add? <laughs> the only thing I would say is, um, I still think, if if you said I couldn't have a Defender, yeah, I, would, I was just thinking it. about that because there's something else I would buy. Oh, go on. Which would be an F-Pace. But... <laughs> another SUV. No, you it would be. an SUV, Sam. What would you pick? <sighs> That's going to be another podcast. <laughs> I was genuinely thinking while we are doing that. We could we could say we... Uh, um, what the, what's the small hatch? What's the, the right terminology for a small hatchback? Super uh, mini. Super mini. Right, so we could pick a best super mini, like best a, hatchback. Like, like a Volkswagen up. Yeah, right. so best super mini, best hatch, best saloon. Best estate, best crossover, best SUV, and best pickup truck or something. Yeah, that's actually. And we quite could a good, do another just, podcast. You know what? On that. Just the fact that you've just done that off the top of your head—that's that's pretty much all the, all yeah. the sections. Um, oh, a best well, sports car. A best sports car. Yeah, I was just thinking for the F pace. Um, uh, F type. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we could do that on another podcast. Uh, Not se- necessarily the next one, but a separate point. Um, and I think we'll do a video on this rather than carrying it on and onto a podcast. So look out for it when we do it. Someone needs to save Jaguar. Oh Jaguar yeah, you did say about that. You did are, actually text me and say we, we you need, need to remind to, me to talk about yeah. this. <laughs> They're absolutely so you know Jaguar Land Rover is one group, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like to point out the losses, and they'll say, "Well, you can see how rubbish so and so is because you know they're biased or whatever their opinion is." I had yeah. someone actually comment on one of our videos this, and they were like, "Well, they lose four hundred million a year for a reason." And I was like, "Yeah, it's not it's not the Land Rovers." Like the Land Rover yeah. <laughs> really got themselves with their newest range. I think they've got like a one year wait on the new Range Rover, and they're selling them for over six figures. Yeah, what's the wait on the Defender? Is that it's wait? about a year as well? Yeah, I think nine months. I think you can have a Defender, but depending on the spec, mm-hmm. if you want it, you know exactly as you want it, it might be a year. yeah, be a bit longer. So they're they're t- they're churning out models, you know, and they're not selling a lot of the cheaper ones. They're selling a lot of the you know bulky yeah. profit making ones. On the other side of the equation, they're one group with Jaguar, and Jaguar are. When you compare them, I think it was BMW sold two point one million cars. Jaguar sold a hundred thousand last year. Well, like that's these are both luxury think, manufacturers in so the same space. F Type's still in sale, still in production, isn't it? You uh, can still buy the F Type. F Type, you can still buy. Right, so the F Type, brilliant car, even with the facelift, still looks good. F Pace, even with the upgrade, still looks good. Still buy one. I-Pace and E-Pace are two horrendous looking cars. I don't know who designed, especially the 
I-Pace, which is the full electric one, I think. Weirdly, I think the E-Pace is the hybrid, and the I-Pace is the yeah. I think full they made electric. the I-Pace first because I think they yeah. were ahead of the they were ahead of the game. They made yeah, the but it looks horrible. SUV. Who designed it? It looks like you've given a child a pair of scissors and a cardboard box. Do you know what? I think, funnily enough, and I'm uh, apologies. I'm sure he's not listening, but if I get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Ian Callum who also has designed things like the DB9. Was that, how has he got it so wrong? It doesn't like, make any he's sense. He's designed a lot of incredible British vehicles. But it's just... <laughs> I don't, yeah. Why couldn't you have kept it looking like the F-Pace? But I suppose... Oh, do you know what I think it was? I think that was where Jaguar started to say, uh, we look too much like a man's car. Like a, a like right, they looked okay. at their... Like a, a traditional shooting gentleman's yes. car. Yes. Well, they looked at like their buyers and they said, uh, we need to get more women involved, and so they. What's so they made the an difference. ugly car? Yeah, but I mean, it's a women bit like... have taste. I know. Uh, well, Sam, I'm completely. <laughs> Which is with why you, you don't see any of these on the yeah, road. <laughs> I'm completely with you, but it's clearly that. It, do you know what it was? I bet. I bet it was a meeting. Of yeah. Twenty men in a room who said, "Right, we need to make a car that women will like the look of." Right, <laughs> us men will just say that. But, but even the e pace, the e pace looks like someone shrunk the f pace. Yeah. Which is a hybrid, the e pace, but you can also get an f pace hybrid. Yeah, you can because obviously they can use a lot of Land Rover's tech. I think the Why? <laughs> I think the E Pace is off the uh, well. That's a, that. XE that is a crossover because it's tiny. Yeah. I think that's the thing is they got. It's like someone's called Jaguar up and said to sell more cars, you have to make crossovers, and they've gone. Um, can we, we can shrink this down a little bit. Yeah, they and make it look bad. But they've gone and sort of said, could we uh, have some of the Land Rover stuff? And like, no, because we can't. Like, Land Rover's actually doing pretty well. Yeah, we can't just. <laughs> Get you to put Jaguar badges on Land Rovers. Yeah, on a Discovery. Sport. So you need to do your own stuff. And the only one that crosses over, I think, is the the Range Rover Velar uh, is on the same chassis as the F Pace. Yeah, well, that would make sense. They're on the same size yeah. cars, aren't they? But apart from that, they've had to sort of go on along that route, route on their own. And it's not really what Jaguar are known for. They're known no. for their you know stunning saloons that would sort of mm-hmm. stop you in your tracks and think whoever's driving that must be up to something. You know, but they've had to way. go with the times and go with the sort of SUV type market. And it's not really. And their... I think with the F Pace, they absolutely smashed it. Yeah, but well, the but... rest of it. But then again, not so much. The F Pace is the one that is a Land Rover. You know, yeah. They obviously could have crossover with Land Rover, and you know, Land Rover could sell the, the Velar Range Rover. And they so, what you're telling it. me is, I need to get an F Pace soon before Jaguar go out of business. I'm really hoping someone steps like they're that brand that you could see someone would sort of say, oh. Jaguar, yeah, that's quite a good brand. But what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, like Ford wouldn't be interested in having it again because it was just a hole in their balance sheet. Uh, the ch- Chinese manufacturers that have been buying up companies like Volvo, um, yeah. Indian companies like uh, is it Tata that own Lotus. Oh, okay. I think or I've heard Tata you say that before. Are, yeah, okay. But like, they would look at it and go, oh, is it Geely? I'm sorry, Geely, I think, own Lotus. Right, okay. I think Tata actually have part share in Land Rover, okay. Jaguar Land Rover. And I think it, it, the problem is who's what big conglomerate makes so much money somewhere else. They're like, do you know what? Just for the prestige project, yeah, we want the Jaguar name. That used there used to be a lot of that going around, and it's. I think what they need to do, they need to scrap the E pace, the I pace, put some more money into another refurbishment of the F pace. Maybe but, make a full electric. Hang on, bear with me. No, no, fully I, electric sorry, I, say, I think the I-Pace is currently the only fully electric car in the whole Jaguar Land Rover yeah. portfolio. Just just but the point. Put some side. money into making a full electric F-Pace if you can. Keep the F-Type, 
and make another saloon again. Like mm. a good saloon. Do you know they still sell the XF? Oh, okay. And it's an absolute bargain. You know, you can get a really nicely specced XF for like mid thirties. Now I know some people will say, "Oh, that's a bit of money." A i thirty N Hyundai i thirty N is thirty six thousand pounds. You can have. I know they're not in the same market. No, but you got but a bigger car. <laughs> we're talking about a. You know, if someone see, sees that, they think, "Oh, that's you know, that's a prestige vehicle. That's yeah, that's, yeah. The person must be doing all right for themselves." They 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 obviously don't think that about the Hyundai. Otherwise, <laughs> Hyundai would sell a lot more cars. Well, they are selling a lot more cars, but there would be more i thirties going around. But I've driven the original Range Rover Sport. I've driven your Range Rover, um, Porsches, Ferraris, Aston Martins, an Audi R8. And various other cars. The F-Pace is the nicest car I've ever driven. As an all-round car. It was sporty in the places I wanted it to be sporty. It didn't mm-hmm. have too much roll, considering the size of it. No, no. And when you want to just chill out, incredible. I like the F-Pace when I drove it. And the it's one of the thing, nicest looking cars. The only it? thing I didn't like about the F-Pace, the one we drove, mm-hmm. uh, was the 2-litre diesel engine. Yes. It yeah, was you, the only yeah. thing for me that if they could have you know, any other engine option. Because they do it in a two-liter petrol. I think they do a three-liter in there as well. Um, all of those would have been great. Yeah, the, the, I think it's just that's your bog spec engine, uh, yes. bog standard engine, and it just it? Yeah. for it's a bit like um, if you buy. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another manufacturer, but you know when you buy like a top spec looking car mm-hmm. that doesn't have the engine to match the. Yeah, then it really is disappointed. Yeah, you think, oh, that's all. Oh, I bet that will be, you know. Yeah, and then you get in it. It's like, <laughs> no, this is the base one. And it, that was what that was wrong. Only thing that was the only thing. Yeah. I can All right, on the slower that. drives, but you you want a bit oh, of them look, just to kick you, you on if you want. It was actually perfectly quick enough for UK road. It, yes. It just yeah, yeah. was the way it delivered the power, which was you know it was a bit sluggish in places. Yeah. You sort yeah. of get your foot down, give it a second, and then it really sends you along the road. But it it looked like the sort of thing that was always going to have this waft of torque. And actually, yes, because which it didn't. <laughs> no, because it's a four-cylinder turbocharged diesel, so understandably, like every, well, like many four-cylinder turbocharged diesels, yeah. there's, a, there's a lag. And it just, yeah, of course. just was more noticeable. Um, yeah, so basically what we need is a, uh, a long-term plan for Jaguar, which is scrap your range, just sell the yeah. <laughs> And the F-Type. Yes, and the F-Type, yeah. Um, I mean, they got rid of the Jaguar XJ, which is the one that I think was just fantastic. But, you know, I'm in some ways happy because I just dread to think what they would have done with it. <laughs> I, I just, you know. This is very true. Not not that I'm saying Jaguar would have made an absolute mess of it, but I think they would have been, their hand would have been forced. Yeah. And it, it just would have been something a bit different. But I, I think we've said this on an earlier podcast. If you are in the market and you're like, you know, I just want a car that looks good. I don't want to. I don't want to break the bank fifty, sixty thousand pounds for something. If you go to a Jaguar dealer, you said I'm interested in an XF. A, you'll have a car that is rare. Yeah, and that today is very true. that's worth his weight in gold because I was following some car. I can't remember where I was going the other day. There's like three golfs in front of me <laughs> in silver and black. <laughs> I think it was silver, black, and white, and I was like. You know, I understand probably their company cars, but like you just, I don't, I don't know. I do quite like it when I see someone else driving a similar car to me, but only because it's not that common. Yeah. Like I try and go for stuff where if I see someone else driving one, I'm like, hey, it's someone else who's driving <laughs> yeah. one, you know, rather than there's another one and another one and another and another. <laughs> so yeah, if you wanted something that looked a bit prestigious 
and that people would think, oh, he must be doing well because they look. Yeah, they do more money than they are. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I'd go and ask what the delivery time on an XF is. Yeah, but I, I just, you know what? I dread to think it might be a really long time because the factory lines might just be pumping out Range Rovers. And yeah, exactly. They've got to reconfigure a load of stuff. Right, that's it for the podcast, then, Sam. Very good. Um, I didn't get to talk too much about my option of a Porsche 911, but I said which one it would be. Yeah. If I didn't have my Defender, <laughs> because Sam's got down to the dealer first and they said, right, sorry, we're only, we're only we saying got, got one, one today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week, as usual. When you're listening to this, if I just check the date on my watch, I think when you're listening to this, I've actually, uh, I'll, I'm actually on the other side of the planet. No, very good. Gone to How is it? Warm. Is it? Yeah, Be sure, because you're not there currently. <laughs> uh, no, but I had a look at the temperatures the other day. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm off there. So we've got a few pre-recorded ones you'll be listening to, but we try and keep them as sort of uh, up yeah. to, you know. It, it just, we, don't, we won't do news for a couple of yeah. episodes because is... it'll be a bit out of date by the time <laughs> yeah. you get it. Uh, otherwise, have a very good week, and we shall uh, see you next time. Yeah, catch you soon. Yeah.